Hi, this is James Devine, and I am an educator who has come out of the trenches. Listen in as my friend and colleague Dana Goodyear shares stories and tips from other educators who have come out of the trenches. Welcome to the Out of the Trenches podcast. This is Dana Goodyear. Thanks for listening. My next guest is Ashley Hepner. She is an instructional coach and curriculum specialist who has served in many roles in education from elementary school teacher to curriculum lead. Her degrees include a bachelor's in elementary education and master's in curriculum and instruction and principal certification. She served 13 years in the public school system, then transitioned to an educational consultant role where she has worked with curriculum companies to build quality educational experiences for students and with school districts to build instructional capacity among staff. Welcome to the podcast, Ashley. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So tell me about a time when you were in the trenches and managed to crawl out. So I think probably the probably the most worst time as an educator. I know we all have ups and downs and mm-hmm. we go through a roller coaster of, you know, good seasons and bad seasons. Um, but mine was actually following uh COVID, which I know COVID was really hard for a lot of people, but we had a lot of things in my personal life kind of all happen at one time. So School shut down in March with COVID. We went remote, so we're all trying to learn and navigate new systems of education and how to reach kids virtually and and really work with all those things. Um, Worked all summer long on the curriculum side of developing this remote curriculum that we could implement in the fall and giving students the option to have in-person school or remote learning. And then on top of all of that, in the early fall, my husband's um, father, who had been suffering from, from ALS, eventually passed. Mm-hmm. And when he did, it was it was really hard. Um, we had been trying for so long not to expose him to COVID and to keep him safe because mm-hmm. he was very, his medical needs were high. And so we actually did a really good job of doing that until the day he passed. Mm-hmm. And all the family got together in that moment and COVID got spread. It was Mm -hmm. kind of ironic that it happened like that, Um, but about half the family ended up with it. And the day of the funeral, we had like family members standing away from the the, uh, funeral service because they couldn't be close because they had COVID. And so all of this like just really weighed on me emotionally. I hadn't lost someone that was still relatively young in my life that you know, in such a, such a hard, hard way to lose someone. And so, you know, going through this emotional cycle, and one of the things I, I coach teachers on too, is understanding your emotions and looking at the emotional cycle mm-hmm. of your work life. And, um, but this was like an emotional cycle that I, I don't think I had ever been in mm-hmm. and trying to, one, I had to take time off for the funeral. Then I had to take time off because of the COVID exposure. Mm -hmm. And I think this was probably my second COVID exposure that I had in this work. So I think at this point in the fall, I had been out of work more, like not on campus, trying to work from home and keep up with everything going on Mm -hmm. more than than I had actually been on campus Mm -hmm. and with people and supporting teachers. And so I just felt like I had missed so much time in person with them. I came back and 
because I was an instructional coach at the time, um, people came to me constantly like, I need this. Can you find me this? Can you help me with this? I have this student. And all of those demands were, and I don't mean demands in a bad way. It just like they needed attention. I could not emotionally like deal with that. I did mm-hmm. not have the capacity. Um, my personality changed and my teachers noticed. And so we had to have some hard conversations. They sat me down yeah. <laughs> and basically said like, what's wrong with you? Like, this mm-hmm. is not you, this is not normal. And it, it really, I had to reset boundaries. I had to like reset what my work capacity was. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't do many of the things I would do early in the morning or late at night. Um, I had to keep school hours. I had to mm-hmm. set boundaries with relationships um, and that I can do ABC for you, but I can't do this, 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 because I just didn't have capacity. And I will say my teachers were very good with that. They handled it well. They knew what I was going through once we sat down and talked about it. But it just was a really hard time for me. And I would say it it took me almost half the school year to get over that and to get back into who I was normally at work. And I Mm -hmm. didn't, and I think what was hard is I didn't think something in my personal life would affect me that much that I couldn't do the work that I loved, but it did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think just uh, having gone through both the death of your father-in-law and getting COVID and kind of that ripple effect, like it's understandable that, you know, it's hard to, you know, keep work at work and not let your personal life affect your work life. And I think Uh that's that year, a lot of people were going through similar situations with, you know, COVID being spread across the family, but also, you know, you had on top of that with your father-in-law passing. So, um, you know, we, we're glad that we're two years later and, you know, we're in a better situation with that now. Um, so uh, we're connected through the Road to Awesome family. Um, so your book just came out. Uh, it's called Foundations of Instructional Coaching. Uh, my book is next in queue. So <laughs> maybe as of um, publication of this episode, it will be out. But yours uh, released um, on the 13th of September. Um, and so tell me about it, uh, why, uh, you wrote the book, who can benefit from it and how is it different than other books about instructional coaching? I have a copy right here just in case I needed it handy. Um, so foundations of instructional coaching really stemmed from, I think it's seven, seven or eight years mm-hmm. of experience being an instructional coach. The mm-hmm. longest, the longest amount of time that I had been in any role in education in the public school system was mm-hmm. in an instructional coaching role. And um, we moved from Texas to Florida a year ago over the summer. And with that shift, that's when I left the public school system and went into the consulting role. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I just really kept hearing coaches in conversations that I would have with them um, that were filling these these positions within my old district Mm -hmm. or coaches that I'm in Facebook groups with just feeling like they were put in this coaching role and then they have no idea what to do. Like they're mm-hmm. basically just told go coach. Yeah. And so really what it stemmed from is that I just wanted, you know, people to have something that they could read that they could relate to mm-hmm. and feel like it would help them navigate that position. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my book's different from other books out there by like Jim Knight or Alana Aguilar or Diane Sweeney because it's not um, founded in research or theory. Mm -hmm. It's really more personal. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted people to be able to read my book and personally grow mm-hmm. as a coach with me through my journey and what okay. I learned from my first year to my end last year. Um, and I just want them to find community and feel connected mm-hmm. um, in the process of, you know, the personal side of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just want them to feel seen too. So I hope like as they read the book and they see the stories that those stories parallel with theirs and they're like, they're like someone gets it. Someone understands mm-hmm. what this is like navigating relationships with adults, trying to leave professional development, but maybe with adults who don't want to be there, mm-hmm. you know? So I really talk about those instances and how I overcame those situations to give people in that co- coaching role, um, a perspective to be seen and to know that they're not the only one that's going through this. And then here's some ideas that could help you and some tips and free resources. I have tons of free resources in here that are downloadable. So Mm -hmm. really to me is a good foundation for Mm -hmm. any person that's going into this instructional coaching role. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do you see that over the course of those eight years, a lot more districts um, are hiring instructional coaches. Um, They're really seeing the need for that. Yeah, I think, and it's, I, there's different pockets of instructional coaching. Like mm-hmm. they might be hired just for literacy or they might be hired just for math because there's some yeah. kind of um, goal that the campus yeah. is working towards. It might be um, for differentiation. It might mm-hmm. be for technology. But I think any person that's in a role where they are coaching others are going to relate to mm-hmm. a lot of these situations in this book. I actually have a friend that, she works for Aveda, the hair, hair school, and she mm-hmm. works with coaching students on the processes of doing hair and all things. And mm-hmm. she actually messaged me the other day and she was like, I'm learning so, so much from your book. And I'm not even mm-hmm. like an instructional coach, mm-hmm. but I'm learning about the relationships with humans. And if you are teaching them something like, how do I chuck it, chunk it so that it's accessible to them? Yeah. How, you know, just different strategies like that that really can be universal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think um, being able to write something that people in other fields can connect to is, is a win for everybody. Um, so you told me uh, your hopes for the book is uh, perhaps uh, starting a online book study in October um, that you'd be putting live on Facebook. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so I did start advertising this on my Instagram already. Mm-hmm. I want to, at the probably the last few weeks of October, because the few weeks before that, I'm going to be really busy on conferences, but I want to do a live virtual book study with anybody who has my book that wants to go through it. I'm thinking we'll one chapter a week mm-hmm. and read it all, come together virtually, have a conversation about that chapter, um, about what they're doing or changing in their practice based on what they read, um, sharing mm-hmm. other ideas that they could bring to the table and add to the conversation of my book. And so, yeah, I'm hoping anybody who wants to do that, I, like I said, I started advertising it a little bit on Instagram. I haven't put it on Twitter yet, but I post the link to my Facebook group and people are free to join. Um, It is Confessions of a Coach Mm -hmm. is the name of the Facebook group. And it, I just want it to be a space where coaches can come and real talk about Mm -hmm. the life of coaching, the bad, the Mm -hmm. good, the ugly. And so that's what I'm hoping to create. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com.
Now let's mm-hmm. get back to the episode. Yeah. And I hope this reaches those uh, people, especially who are new instructional coaches, um, you know, who really don't get the training um, in their district. Um, you know, you mentioned Jim Knight's um, writings and I was just reading his latest book and, you know, he does mention a lot of people who, um, you know, just are thrown in that role. Right. And they, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to connect with people, like you said, and kind of work through your book and, and have that community of, uh, I think some, some people, you know, like Kim and Elena Aguilar, they're, they're, you know, very busy and, you know, there are these big people that people, you know, the regular teachers don't always reach out to. So, but I think having that Facebook community is, is really, um, you know, a a good uh, way to, you know, help work through your book and, and answer those questions. Um, so you told me you, you left uh, the school district and now you're working for Reimagine Classroom as a team leader. Um, so what does Reimagine Classroom do? So Reimagine Classroom is a curriculum company um, and we get contracted out by basically anybody who needs content created. Mm-hmm. Um, we do all kinds of projects. We've written content for apps, for websites, mm-hmm. um, for districts. And, but it's all curriculum based. It's, we do K through 12, we do higher education. Mm -hmm. Um, They do a lot of STEM focused things. Um, But we've even had like companies reach out to us to have like brochures put together for them because they need like just content, you know, creation for that. Um, So it's, it's really a fun job. I manage a team of writers and Mm -hmm. we work together to figure out what the client wants and create the best curriculum content that we can to hand over to them to use as they need. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, you told me you work with um, also private schools and schools uh, as far away as Australia and even state level agencies. Mm-hmm. Um, so you also worked uh, with uh, interventions um, when you were, um, was this prior to uh, instructional coaching that you worked as a math interventionist and how yeah, did you, so, how, how did you look at data and, and work with that in PLCs? Yeah. So that was kind of my first jump into okay. coaching and okay. I do talk about it in the book a little bit. So they got a grant to hire, um, basically a math interventionist using title funds to help mm-hmm. close this math gap that we were seeing in the, in the students. And so they hired me as that math interventionist specialist. And my job was to directly work with tier two and tier three kids, but also coach teachers on um, tier two tier two interventions in the classroom Mm -hmm. and also the quality tier one instruction to help fill those gaps. And so, yeah, we, I mean, we were constantly looking at data, all unit assessments. We had check marks that we were progressing um, I kept specific data on the students that I worked with in small groups. We had a really good system of, you know, what were the the points that we we're going to look at. And we met, we had a, uh, I think it was like a three-week cycle of meeting um, and check marking all of those kids, seeing what their progress was, mm-hmm. um, readjusting plans if we needed to. But we also used a lot of that data to drive our PLCs and our instruction. So, mm-hmm. you know, what are our small groups going to look like? What is our focus this week? What are the things we need to go back and reteach because the kids didn't get it by the end of the unit? Um, and it really, it really was the focus of what we did instructionally in the classroom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was a good springboard to get into coaching teachers in all content areas. Yes. Um, So you are uh, speaking a lot, as you mentioned, in the upcoming months. So tell me about a few of the conferences that you'll be speaking at in October and what those sessions are. 
Yeah, so my first opportunity is going to be in Austin, Texas, which I'm really excited to get to fly back um, to Texas. And there I'm going to be presenting three in-person sessions. Mm -hmm. And what's cool about this conference, it's with TCEA, but this is the CEC conference is uh, coaching. I think it's coaching educators conference or something like that. This conference is just for coaches and coaches in any realm, like I mentioned before, like ELL coach, a reading coach, a technology coach, whatever it is, it's Mm -hmm. for coaches only. So I'm really excited about that. But I'm going to be leading a session over a toolkit for differentiating your coaching. And this is really going to be looking at the different teachers that you're dealing with, their learning styles, their ability levels, and how do we differentiate our coaching practice for them, just like we would in the classroom Mm -hmm. for our instruction to our students. And so looking at some of those strategies that I have created, like I have a bank that I, I use and, and sharing those and going through those with coaches. Um, Another one that I'm going to be doing is creating a coaching framework. So we talked briefly Mm -hmm. earlier about, you know, they get thrown into coaching and they don't know what they're supposed to do. A principal Mm -hmm. doesn't know what they're supposed to do either. So trying to create what does that coaching framework look like for them at their campus or in their district. And I'm going to kind of walk them through, you know, what I believe some guidelines should be, but also walk them through the process of reflecting on what is going to work for them in their role and their capacity at their district or campus. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other session I'm leading is uh, coaching equity in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And so over the years with um, the changes that have been happening with education and the progress we've been making, um, I've really kind of honed in on some of those areas with teachers. And so I'm going to, again, be sharing strategies that I use for how to, you know, recognize um, some of those issues going on in the classroom, what data can you look at? How, how do you get that data? Um, and how do you coach teachers through that? Mm-hmm, and so those mm-hmm. are the three I'll be doing in Austin. And then right after that, I'll be flying to Akron, Ohio, and I'll be presenting at the Teach Better Conference. And I will be doing the creating a coaching framework there, mm-hmm. but it's going to be more geared towards administrators okay. and thinking how to set up this for their coaches or mm-hmm. whoever they're going to use this coaching. Because one of the things, like you mentioned before, are districts hiring instructional coaches? It's not consistent across mm-hmm. the nation. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, pockets of districts that have instructional coaches. There's districts that their uh, assistant principal is an instructional coach, or they have a district person that comes in like once a week. So it is very different in mm-hmm. every school institution on how they do this. So again, as administrators, how do we look at the capacity we have with our people, our capacity we have with our time, um, logistically, like looking at schedules, like how do we figure out where coaching is going to fit in, who's going to own that, and what's it going to look like? Mm-hmm. So going through that process. Yeah, yeah, and that's a great opportunity to, you know, um, help facilitate um, how you know, administrators can help, you know, do coach work, a schedule out, and like what that looks like in schools for uh, places that haven't had instructional coaches. Um, so your consultancy uh, provides uh, professional development at the campus and district level. Um, you also um, want to impact the lives of students um, and um, you w- work with stakeholders. I'm just taking some of the things from your website. So talk to me a little bit about uh, what services uh, people can um, contact you about um, if they're interested in working with you. 
Yeah, so I I do offer professional development and training. Um, and on my website, I have like a list of things that I have mm-hmm. expertise in. Um, I, I do think I have a gift of professional development and planning mm-hmm. those um, experiences for mm-hmm. teachers. And so there is kind of a wide variety there of things that I could help support. But also as a mm-hmm. coach, you if you've coached almost everything, you can also mm-hmm. lead a professional development over almost anything. But mm-hmm. um, I offer also like teacher coaching or coaching coaches. Um, and then I know some school districts don't have coaches. So I do a mentor training too for mentor teachers. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing I really, I really like to do is the PLC coaching, like coaching okay. the PLC teams and how do we effectively work together as a group? Um, what is the PLC process? How do we begin to implement that? And just setting up mm-hmm. those systems for teachers who are newly working in PLCs, or maybe it's a brand new team and they're having some struggles. How can someone come in and help coach them up in that so they can become independent and run that PLC on their own? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And even though PLCs have been around for a while, it's like there's always um, new ways of looking at it. And sometimes, you know, people will have said they've been doing PLCs, but it might not be exactly how, you know, it's really supposed to be run. And I think there's always um, room for uh, getting coaching on how to, you know, really um, have a thorough process in schools. Well, we talked a lot about your book, uh, your experience working as an instructional coach, um, uh, the work that you do with Reimagine Classroom. Out of everything we talked about today on the podcast, what's one thing you'd like listeners to remember? So I have a saying um, that I think just speaks to the heart of who I am. I also think it Mm -hmm. speaks to the heart of who we should be as educators. Um, I like to say, in a crowd of roses, choose to be a sunflower, thornless, unwithering, and abundant in seeds. And I always try to remember that to, one, because sometimes you have to have a hard shell. Sometimes... um, you have to be the one who doesn't poke the bear or causes mm-hmm. the issues. You need to be the thornless one. Um, but also like we are always planting seeds. We are always planting seeds in every moment that we have with a person from every interaction. And so I think like, we just have to remember that we were the one planting those seeds and they should be positive seeds and good seeds and growing seeds. And so that's one of my favorite little phrases to remember it just keeps me, keeps me grounded in who I want to be as an instructional coach. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I'll make sure to put that in the show notes. Where can people connect with you and find you online? Um, so you find me at coachingaccess.net. That's my website. Um, and it has all of my information on there and my handles and how to contact me. Um, but most of my handles from Twitter to Instagram to Facebook are all coaching underscore access or coaching dot access. Um, so that's how you can find me. Great, great. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on the Out of the Trenches podcast today. Thank you. My book, Out of the Trenches, Stories of Resilient Educators, has now been published. Get it now at amzn.to slash 3b7-2z. Again, amzn.to slash 3 b 7 hx2z. Check out the show notes on danagoodier.com to learn more about this guest and links to their social media. Please subscribe, share, rate, and review wherever you download this podcast. 
Tell your friends and colleagues about it. And if this episode resonates, especially with you, be sure to share it out on social media and tag me at Out of Trenches PC. 